It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Wednesday, October the 25th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football on today's show. You guys know what time it is. It's Film Room Wednesday, where I talk about all the things I saw from the All-22 version of the Dolphins' 31-28 victory over the New York Jets. Also, I do something I haven't done a whole lot of here on the past. I talk about myself, where I learned to write, how to scout football, and how I became the Dolphins fan that I am today. And also, the Locked On Sports Network has a huge announcement. But first, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and drop us a five-star rating review. You guys know the drill by now. Those subscriptions, ratings, reviews help me. They help you. They help everybody else. So please go ahead and do that. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. I dropped 45 GIFs or GIFs however you want to pronounce them, on my Twitter account, at Wingfield NFL, just kind of breaking down plays that I saw and who was responsible for the big gains and who was responsible for the the bad plays and everything that you can take from the All-22 film is on there right now. Check that out. Also, follow the show at LockedOnFins. And I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into the announcement right now because I've been promoting this for a while now. I think I'm one of the first ones of the Locked On Network to actually do the blog spot or the blog posting that I've been doing for LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys can check that out right now. There's a good piece right now about Jarvis Landry and the extension that he deserves. I put some gifs together of some kind of underrated things that you don't see on on the broadcaster and the box score necessarily and went ahead and put that together talking about how he's an Adam Gaze guy. So check that out. The article last week about Adam Gaze and what he's meant to this franchise. The article about the defense and how they've turned it around. Lots of good stuff on there and plenty, plenty more to come. Today actually Devon Godshaw has a piece up there about his rough upbringing. So plenty of Dolphins content for you guys as I really shift my focus to more strictly Dolphins and get rid of the whole NFL theme that I've been going after for a while. We'll get back to that in the offseason. But for now, it's Miami Dolphins football all the time for me, 24-7. And the reason I'm doing that is for two reasons. One, the Locked On Sports Network is joining with FanRag Sports, and we are kind of teaming up to do an ultimate video podcast slash print slash everything encompassing all the outlets for sports media, and I'm so excited about it. If you guys can't tell by my voice, I'm very, very excited about this. It's a, it's a great place to be there. We're two years into the Locked On Sports thing now. I've, I've been doing this for you guys with you guys for this is my 49th show believe it or not tomorrow is the 50th show so I've been very consistent in, in doing it daily and it's been a lot of fun and I'm really glad you guys are here with me for it and the other reason that I, I want to shift on that is because I just get a lot more joy out of it I mean that's the whole reason I started this venture to become someone that can you know make an income off of covering sports and in particular the NFL and in particular even more particular the Miami Dolphins 
And the reason I really sought out after this adventure was because I've always loved the Dolphins. I've always loved the writing. I've always put the two together. Actually, when I was in high school, a senior in high school was when I first joined a Miami Dolphins message board, finheaven.com. And this is where I'm talking to myself a little bit here, guys. It, I, I joined there and I saw some of the guys that had the little columnist badges they wrote for the front page of the website. And I thought that was so cool and I wanted to give my opinions, but I just I didn't really know much about the game at the time. And I started reading and learning and looking up schemes and different things and reading from the guys on there that had really good knowledge and, and did my best to write the best grammar that I could. And someone told me, if you want to become a columnist, just make sure that all your posts are at least you know passable by, the, by a grammar standpoint. So I took that to heart. And I really focused on getting my writing better and being more kind of introspective and improving what I do best and all that kind of stuff. And it just really snowballed from there. That was I was 18 years old when I did that. I turned 30 on Saturday, so the big 30-30 for me coming up on Saturday, uh, hoping to celebrate a Miami Dolphins win and 5-2 and record on that Saturday. But in those 12 years, I have really developed my ability to kind of communicate the things that I see on the field through the through the written word as well as through the podcast through you guys. And I, you know, I talk about my football fan with people and I always say like, you know, someone tells me that they're like a, a Bills fan or, a, you know, a Seahawks fan or whatever the, the case may be, whatever team they root for. I have this assumption that they're like me as a fan. And that's an incorrect assumption because I, my friends and family know not to invite me to things on Sundays. They know that the NFL draft is off limits. They know all these things about me and they give me crap for it. But at the same time, I guess you can appreciate and respect the fact that I know what I like and I know what I want to do. And I've just kind of the last several years, I've, I'm done apologizing about it. Like that's what I want to do is I want to watch the Dolphins. I want to talk about the Dolphins. I've written 30,000 message board posts about this team on different Miami Dolphins message boards. I've been on Twitter for over a year now communicating with you guys, doing the show for a couple of months now, doing Lockdown Fins. I worked for Welcome to Perfectville. I, I worked for Finsider. I worked for plenty of different Miami Dolphins blogs for, for you know, working for free. And now you know, FanRag and Lockdown is generous enough to actually give us, you know, a, a pay-by-click type of scenario, which is pretty exciting. It's not a lot of money, but it's at least something that we get a little bit of recognition for. So to, you know, from a guy that has, I, I used to record the games on VHS when I had a VCR back in the mid-2000s when I first got Sunday ticket. It was 2007 <laughs> was actually the first year I got Sunday ticket. And I have every single VHS game from that 2007 season in a box somewhere from the 1-15 season, the Greg Camarillo game. I have the 08 season all on VHS. I just like this team has been really the one true passion that I've had my entire life. And I view working at a nine to five job as like you're going to jail, like you're going to prison. And I do have a nine to five job and I, you know, it pays the bills. It puts a roof over my head. It allows me to do this in my spare time, but I hate, I hate it. I hate working. I hate working a job that I just don't care about, that you can't get passionate about. And if you guys can't tell from the podcast that I have a lot of passion for this team and for this work and for this, you know, career or choice that I'm trying to pursue here, that I just hope that you guys understand that and see where I'm coming from and just know that my intentions are always to produce the best possible content to, you know, make myself respectable from the fans and from the people that read the work and listen to the work. So that's why I do it. I love doing it. It's like I said, we get paid very, very small amount. I mean, not even enough to pay my phone bill every month. So it's not something I'm doing for money. It's something I do out of love and the hope that I can continue to grow. So 
I just want you guys to understand the type of Dolphins fan that I am and that when I get negative, it's just because, you know, I, I'm trying to be objective. And when I'm positive, you guys will be able to tell because like on Sundays after a Dolphins win, I really, I, I honestly, I can't control it. And if you see, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I cannot control my excitement for this team when they're playing well and when they're playing bad, it just bums me out. So that's where I come from, guys. I hope that you all can uh, appreciate that and, and get excited about it too. So the Locked On Sports Network with FanRag Sports, like I said, there's going to be Dolphins content every single day, whether it's audio or in print. So keep an eye on that moving forward. And before we get into the film review, you guys know I have to talk to you about ProFootballFocus.com for your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription. I can actually do this without the script these days because I've done it so many times. It's a $40 value for a free PFF Edge subscription that give you NFL positional rankings, snap counts, grades, all that good stuff. For you fantasy guys, they have fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and different charts you can work with off of there. For the draft guys, NFL draft coverage with college stats and PFF profiles for those college teams. And then each NFL team has their own NFL page, the PFF underscore Miami on Twitter. It's at PFF underscore Miami is a great follow for really good raw stats like coverage, like does Xavier Howard allowed this many catches for this many yards in his coverage area, stuff like that. Pass rush productivity, which Cam Wake leads the NFL in if you listen to yesterday's show. So profootballfocus.com, very good in that sense. And if you go ahead and leave a review on this uh, on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, and leave your Twitter handle in there, we'll we'll choose one person. And I'm, I'm working on getting more of these, you know, picked out for winners. But we need more reviews to go ahead and do that. But if you go ahead and do that, we'll get you into the drawing for the next one to for your chance to win a free PFF Edge subscription. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the film review from the game on Sunday. And I went ahead and looked at every play on the All-22, both end zone and uh, eye in the sky angles, and kind of broke down what I saw in the game. Let's start with the quarterbacks, as you know, we are one to do on this show and any other show across the NFL landscape, and talk about Jay Cutler versus Matt Moore. And you guys know that I kind of have this, I don't want to call it a vendetta against Jay Cutler. I just don't think he's any good. And I think that you know, some people might mistake that for me having this agenda that I'm trying to fulfill. It's really not, and this is going to sound like I am again, but I don't think Jay Cutler really played that good of a game. The big pass to Kenny Stills in the beginning, the first, the, you know, the big play where he juggled it and made the, the circus catch. If you watch the film there, Kenny Stills, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, just passed the DB. Jay Cutler's looking right at him, decides not to pull the trigger, waits until the DB has caught up and Kenny Stills has slowed down, and then just throws a, you know, effort ball as I called it and just hope for the best and Kenny Stills made a heck of a play for him he had a couple other plays where he just kind of ducked into the pressure and the the pass protection was not good in this game and he did make some good plays don't get me wrong he escaped the pocket a couple times but he's just late he doesn't see the field he doesn't get the ball out fast enough then you go over to Matt Moore and you watch this guy who can recognize where the pressure's coming from he can recognize where he might get a leaky spot on the offensive line and he works to the open area of the pocket and he just fires the ball out into one-on-one coverage the pass to Jarvis Landry uh, before the second touchdown I believe it was that he threw is a perfect example of this where he 
he finds the weak or the area in the pocket that he can work to and have a clean area to throw from. He sees the unblocked blitzer coming in and chucks out to the back shoulder. It's a perfect throw, takes the hit, spins his back so he gets hit in the back and not the ribs where Jay Cutler gets hurt and just makes a phenomenal throw. And then his touchdown pass to Kenny Stills, the first one, the long one, he lets that ball go. It is a three by one set, the Dolphins bread and butter set, three receivers stacked to the right, the ISO on the left side of the formation on the other side, the, uh, I guess you call that the weak side of the formation at that point. He's on the outside looking for a one-on-one and on the three three receiver set they run two digs which is in cutting routes and then a corner to Kenny Stills and Kenny Stills's corner route he breaks it off at the 15 yard line or excuse me the 18 yard line and Matt Moore lets it rip it lands on the goal line where Kenny Stills brings it in that is an fantastic anticipation on Matt Moore's part so he plays a great football game the interception he had to Anthony Fasano he he's tried to squeeze too tight of a window, but that's the kind of player he is. He's going to let it rip. He's going to try to take his chances, and he's going to you're going to live by it and you're going to die by it. But I'll tell you this: Jay Cutler hasn't been a beacon of ball security by any stretch of the imagination, and he's not giving you the explosive plays. Matt Moore comes into the game five plays of twenty plus yards. Matt, Jay Cutler barely had that in the entire season, so. The shift to the quarterback is very exciting. You can see it on film. You can see these guys respond to it. I think we're going to be in much better hands with Matt Moore than we were Jay Cutler. As for the running backs, I don't really want to talk about JGI too much. There's two things about this game that you have to focus on. One, the offensive line play was just dreadful. They didn't get anything going. They created no holes for him to run through. And two, he's a one-cut-and-go style of runner, that zone runner that we love so much. It was never going to work for him on that field. He, you see him, he had one play where they pulled a guard off or a tight end off the backside of the play, and or no, off the front side of the play, excuse me, and sealed the backside, and they opened a nice hole between Steen and Tunzel, and JHI gets in there and once he gets into that hole and gets going with the shoulder squared up downfield he is so dangerous he can slip tackles he can take it to the house from that point on that play he tries to make a cut and his foot just goes out from underneath him it's the play's over and it just wasn't going to work for him in the game and there was one play the Dolphins ran a gap scheme and what that means is they man guys up and they usually will pull a guard and they'll try to you know open a certain hole rather than run off the zone and let the running back pick the hole they ran the man scheme one time, and J.J. gets six yards right at the middle. It's a good-looking play. I wish they would have done more of it, but they did not. Running game didn't get going. As for the offensive play calling in general, they did a great job this week. Uh, the Jets took advantage of the Dolphins' aggressiveness on defense. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But the Dolphins did it to the Jets on offense as well. Jamal Adams is a very box-heavy playing safety. He doesn't cover very well, or as well as you'd like him to yet at least. And he was being very aggressive. The very first play of the game, they play action boot. Julius Thomas sneaks right in behind Adams, who comes flying up to try to stop the run for an easy, easy pitch and catch for like 25 yards, whatever it was. And the Dolphins just had a good plan all day. They had a good man beater out to Damian Williams where they picked the linebacker. A nice little throw from Jake Cutler there. The uh, touchdown to Stills, they put him in the slot, cross him over the formation. Your fastest guy, get up there as fast as you possibly can. Another good call there. So the offense really did a good job in the passing game, taking advantage of the Jets' weaknesses. And it really started getting going once Matt Moore came onto the field. Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry both had fantastic days. I've been talking about this the whole time. Uh, Landry just, he worked himself open. He got into soft spots in the zone and he ran after the catch so well. Kenny Stills, he just understands leverage so well and how to lean on guys and get his area that he wants to go to open, like without selling it or without where he's selling you, running running you one route, and then he kind of gives you the other way. And he did that on the corner route to Buster Screen. Everyone had their go at Buster Screen in this game, but Kenny Stills really worked him and did a good job of kind of getting in and out of routes, in and out of breaks, and just had a great day in that sense. The tight ends, Anthony Fasano and Julius Thomas, both struggled, I thought, in the run game. Anthony Fasano had one really nice block in the run game, but other than that, it was kind of a nightmare for him. But the formations the Dolphins went with with more size on the outside, and they split their guys out wide. Like they had the touchdown to Fasano was Fasano and Leonte Carew. Another formation they had Julius Thomas 
and Leonte Carew out split wide. So nice to see them change it up in that sense from a personnel standpoint and formational standpoint. But the offensive line struggles in this game big time. I, I didn't give anyone a good grade. I thought everyone played bad in terms of the run blocking. Jawan James had his worst game of the year. He gets beat for a bad sack at one point. And it just... They, they couldn't get their footing. I don't know if it was the surface. I mean, it's kind of a bad excuse because the Jets' offensive line, I guess they played pretty bad too, so maybe that is a good excuse. But no one on the offensive line for the Dolphins had a good game. No push. Larry Tunzel's got to get better at the point of attack. Anthony Steen, they got to get better at picking up these blitzes and these delayed blitzes and stunts because every time it happens, they just seem like they're perplexed and they have two guys blocking one defender and then the blitzer comes off the edge untouched. I, I don't know what the deal is, but they got to get it fixed. Jermon Bushrod gets walked in the backfield a few times. Mike Pouncey doesn't have a good game, so offensive line, not very good. Quarterback played well. Receivers played fantastic. Offensive line was a nightmare yet again. All right, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. And I talked about Ndamukong Sue taking 95% of the snaps, like the freak that he is. And that guy is just so strong. On that one near touchdown run right after the Jay Cutler interception on the batted ball down around the one-yard line, Bilal Powell takes a carry up the middle, and Ndamukong Sue is falling to the side, and he grabs with one hand Bilal Powell's shoulder pad and yanks him back. Bilal Powell's not a big running back. He's only 205 pounds, but Ndamukong Sue is so strong. He walked guys back into the backfield all day. This guy's a beast. I don't, I don't even know what to say about him anymore. There's just no more superlatives to give the guy. So he dominates, but what's even more impressive, I think, in my opinion, is the two guys playing next to him. Jordan Phillips, is he has a really strong punch, and he has good power out of his stance, and he can get guys back into the backfield. He He's actually rushing the passer better this year, which is nice to see. If he can clean up those penalties and those boneheaded plays, he's going to be a really good player that give you about 25, 30 reps a game. And his his uh, his running mate there, Devon Godshaw, you guys know how much I love that guy. And check out the Lockdown Dolphins site today for a piece on him talking about his rough upbringing and kind of how he was able to turn work ethic and you know dedication into a football career. And it's really good stuff there from, from Devon Godshaw. But he's a good football player too, and he had a lot of good push in this game and getting into the backfield and causing havoc. And even on the Jets, on the drive right before, the Dolphins got the ball back to try to go in and win the game. It was the the drive before they threw the pick. Uh, Josh McCown is trying to go on a third and six on a little under route to to Lawrence Timmons, or not Lawrence Timmons, excuse me, to Robbie Anderson. Lawrence Timmons was there too, but he tries to throw a little crosser and Devon Gotcha pops back into coverage and, and gets in there and there's nothing open for him. So he can cover, he can, he can rush, he can play the run. Awesome player, Devon Gotcha has another great game. Cam Wake, two and a half sacks, pressures all day, leads the league in pass rush productivity at profootballfocus.com. He's a fantastic player. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Nothing more you need to say about that guy. I thought Kiko Alonso might have had one of his worst games this year. In coverage, he was just off a little bit. The touchdown to Austin Safarian Jenkins. Kiko's right there and just kind of decides to peel off at the last second for no real reason. I mean, Josh McCown is approaching the last scrimmage, so he could have been a running threat. But Bobby McCain was there to make a tackle, and and I'd rather worry about McCown as a thrower than a runner, so not sure what he was doing there. He got beat in deep coverage a couple of times. He just has a hard time in that middle zone sometimes, and it's a tough job, don't get me wrong, but... You know, when Timmons and him are out there, they seem to work a little better in tandem. And Lawrence Timmons had a fantastic game yet again. He makes that great stop on the screenplay where he has a form tackle. He just does so many little things you don't notice, like jumping into passing lanes and those little slants and rerouting guys on crossing routes and just doing so many good things for the Dolphins' defense that it really helps everyone else elevate their game. On the boundary, I thought Xavier Howard was fantastic, had a really nice pass breakup in the middle of the field on a third down. He only got targeted like three times for 25 yards or something like that. And Cordray Tankersley gets beat for the touchdown, but that was just a perfect throw by Josh McCown. He needs to get back a little bit quicker, and it's, it's hard to, you know, when you get beat over the top to give him much credit but he was right there he just missed the ball by like an inch or so and gets beat for the touchdown and then the touchdown that he allowed to I don't know if you want to call it him allowing it to Robbie Anderson was 
Rashad Jones's fault. They're in quarters coverage. You have a deep safety, and then the other safety can kind of he can kind of pin or pull and go deep or come up into the co- into the box and make coverage there himself. And he's supposed to kind of pass off a guy between the linebacker, and he takes that out route that was Safarian Jenkins, and he takes it when Kiko Alonso was right there and leaves Robbie Anderson all alone for the touchdown. And he did it later in the game in a two by two set. What that means is you have two corners, two defenders up against two receivers on the same side of the field, and the Jets run a little crossing route, not a crossing route. Excuse me, that's the wrong way to do it. So to say it, they cross each other running vertically, and Cordray Tankersley thinks that he has outside, assuming Rashad Jones has inside, but Jones jumps the outside guy, playing a more of a man coverage style, and Robbie Anderson's right in the middle of the field for an easy 20-yard pitching catch. So Jones, he gambles a lot. You take that good with the bad, but in this game, it was a little bit more bad. He had a couple of missed tackles. Xavier Howard and he both had a missed tackle on on a, a uh, Bilal Powell, or was it Matt Forte? I forget. It all runs together sometimes. In that first drive, it, that was not good. Dolphins missed a lot more tackles in this game than they have all year. They were bad against the screen. The Jets attacked that very well. So some miscommunications there, some poor play there. But as a, as a whole, you know, the end of the game, they really batten down the hatches. And this team really feeds off of energy, especially defensively. It's awesome to see. So I think that some of the errors you saw in this game, I don't think they played a good game. I think they played bad for the most part as a team, as a whole, and they get a win, which is awesome to see them do that. It's kind of been the Adam Gaze uh, mantra here, you know, win no matter what, no matter how bad you play. So good to see him get a win there. That's going to be it for the film review show, guys. I got nothing left for you here. Uh, The game tomorrow, it's come up tomorrow already, a Thursday game against Baltimore. I'm going to have a preview for you guys on that game, talking all things Ravens and Dolphins, and and hopefully we can get to 5-2 and two and, and get into a little short bye week here, looking at the tied for first place in the AFC East with the New England Patriots, and really tied for first place in the AFC as the Chiefs, Steelers, and Patriots all 5-2. and two. Miami Dolphins just a half game behind with a chance to climb into that same category with those three powerhouse teams so we'll be back for that show tomorrow guys be sure to subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast leave us a rating review check out the other locked on sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams follow me on twitter at wingfield nfl check out LockedOnDolphins.com in association with fanragsports.com be back tomorrow another edition of locked on dolphins podcast your daily dose for miami dolphins football is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.